This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Amen? Isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? Isn't the name of Jesus powerful? Amen. Amen and amen. So good to see you all today. So thankful to be in the house of the Lord again. Like Jew mentioned before, we do have a, a business meeting right after church today. I also want to remind you to be a part of our Tuesday morning prayer. If you, if you can come and you can be a part of a Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock right here in the sanctuary, we also live stream the prayer and we're gonna go to the Lord and we're gonna pray for this nation and we're gonna pray for this church. We're gonna pray for each other. We're gonna lift each other up. So make sure that if, if, if your schedule allows to come Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. I'm starting a series today called Guarding the Gates. And it's, it's a thought that, that has been on my mind, and, and I really wanted to share and, and kind of give what I believe the Lord has, has told me to preach today. And it's going to be about a four, five-week series. I've not really decided how, how long yet, but I have a good idea of where I'm going to be headed and going in this. But I'm going to be dealing with things that we need to guard. I'm going to be dealing with things that the enemy uses against us. And that we have the ability, the power through Christ to guard the gate and keep the enemy out. I'm going to be talking about things like your mouth gate. And how we can guard our mouth so that everything that comes out only edifies the um, body of Christ as well as Christ himself. I want to talk about the ear gate so that everything that we allow inside our ears is holy and acceptable to Christ. I want to talk about the mind gate, that every, the, the eye gate, the everything we see, the everything we think should be guarded so that the enemy can't use anything against us. I even want to talk about the money gate because how many of you know that how we spend our money matters to God? And so I want to talk about that. But today I wanted to deal with a different type of gate. And I really feel that if we don't guard this gate, then none of the other gates can be guarded. So I want to go to Proverbs chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, go there with me today. Proverbs chapter 4. Today I'm going to be dealing with the heart gate. Because if your heart is not prepared, is not ready to receive, if your heart is not in a place to then everything flows from your heart. Your words, your actions, your deeds, your thoughts, all flows from the heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Here's what it says. Above all else, guard your heart. Why? For everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Scripture clearly teaches us that the real issues of life are spiritual. And, and what really matters is the heart, the inner man. Maybe it's the reason why heart is found so many times in, in um, the Word of God. As a matter of fact, in the King James Version, the word heart is mentioned 963 times. In the NIV, it's used 791 times, okay? As these numbers suggest, the heart is a prominent concept of one of the most commonly used uh, words in the Bible. Most of these um, uses of the word heart come speaking about our inner man. 
and about how we need to guard our heart and mind so that Christ can use us the way that he wants to. These multiple uses of the word heart puts a strong importance on our spiritual life. That we have to understand as children of God, our spiritual life has to be just as prominent than any other aspect of our life. We can't just go in day in and day out and not ask for God to lead us. We can't just go in day in and day out and expect to just be okay. Because why? The Bible never promised that we wouldn't go through hard times, right? We've talked about this. It just said Christ would be there with us. Well, how do we get to that place where we have peace of mind knowing that he's with us? Is when we have him in our heart. So we have to guard our heart. In layman's terms, this is what this means. If we want everything in our body to operate the way it should, the heart must be in the right place. Above all else. Meaning that anything you could imagine or think, above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because everything you do flows from it. So what's the importance of heart in the word of God as evidenced by the the word heart over and over and over. It's a very important word that, that is really saying God is deeply concerned about the inner man and the condition of the heart. As a matter of fact, the word of God says this, but the Lord said to Samuel, watch, do not consider his appearance or his height for I have what? Rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. What else does the Bible say? The heart is deceitful above all things. And beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Why is the heart so important? Because the issues of life, our actions, our reactions, our works, our pursuits, everything flow from the heart. Look, we handle change when the heart is in the right place. When the Lord changes things around us like, like, um, uh, like this past year did, how many think that this last year changed a lot of things? Right? I think we can all agree about that. But when we have our heart in the right place, it changes our perspective of God is doing these things to me. No, God is doing these things for me. It's a, it's a matter of perspective. It's not looking at life like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to go through that again. Maybe God's putting you in the situation because there's something he's trying to teach you. Maybe there's something he's trying to show you. Maybe he's so concerned about your inner man, about your heart, that he's allowing things to happen in your life because he knows if your heart is in the right place, then everything else will be just okay. Amen. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spoke very strongly against the external performance-based um, preaching of that time. Matthew chapter 5, no less than six times he talks about this. And each time he would say something like this. Well, you have heard, but I say to you. Or 
It was said almost like I understand what you've been taught. I understand what has been going on in your culture. But I say to you, but let me tell you what's God doing. He's calling their attention to the things that they have made personal in their selfish desires that shouldn't be that way. And he said, take it off your selfishness and put it on me because without me you can't do anything. So I understand what you've been told. I understand what you've been taught in layman's terms I understand what culture says I understand what the world tells you to do I understand all these things but I say to you this is what I say this is what you should do because I care about you amen as an example Jesus teaches us that murder begins in the heart You may have not literally committed murder, but if you have thought it, it is the same thing according to the Word of God. Why? Because it's a sin, not in action, but it's a sin in your heart. Guard your heart. Our walk with God is always a matter of the heart. Even what you say is directly related to your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. So don't tell me you didn't mean to say that. Don't, don't, don't tell me it came out by accident. Because it's a matter of your heart. What's inside the heart comes out your mouth. That's why we have to guard our heart. What I do is a matter of my heart. What I hear, allow to hear, is a matter of my heart. What I spend my money on is a matter of my heart. If I want my body to operate the way that it should, church, we've got to guard the heart. One of the goals of our Christian life is to build Christ-like character, right? Again, it's a matter of the heart. Character is built through things like the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The truth of His Word, right? This Word is alive and active. It's alive and active. It's not just words that we read on a piece of paper. These words are literally there to change your heart. We build Christ-like character through the trials and testings of life. What Through every trial that anybody ever went through, you can always go back to say that God said to persevere and to trust me. And it also, we build Christ-like character through the ministry of others. Why? Because the Bible says iron sharpens iron. That's why we need each other. God looks at your heart and in a sense... Hebrews 4, and I just mentioned it just a minute ago, what God wants to do is He wants to perform open heart surgery on us. And He wants to open it up to see everything that's in there so He knows what what should stay and He knows what should go. What does Hebrews say? For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints, and marrow. What's it say? It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. We have to guard the heart. See, most people today want to be successful according to their own idea of success. But listen, this, I read this quote, and it's such a powerful quote, and this is what it said. The church used to not be afraid to go out into the desert because they had richness in their heart. But now with richness all around us are afraid because the desert is in us. <laughs> Did you hear that? What's it saying? That people are noticing that the church is taking a back seat. 
Why? Because we've allowed the heart of the world to become the heart of us instead of the heart of Christ becoming the heart of us. We must guard the heart. We need to ask ourselves the question, how well am I guarding my heart? Is the condition of my heart my greatest concern? It should be because it's so detrimental to every aspect of life. It ultimately determines our love for God and for each other. So if you have hate towards somebody else, if, you're, if you have angst towards somebody else, if you hold a grudge against somebody else, if you say something about somebody else, guess what? It's a matter of the heart. What are the needs of our heart? Number, number, number one, if you're um, taking notes today, the heart needs guarding. The heart needs guarding because of man's inclination to sin. And this is true even of those who have begun to, to have that work of the, whole, of, 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 of the Holy Spirit working in them. While believers possess this nature and the capacity to know God and things of spiritual nature, they still possess the old nature by which they think they can live without God. How many people have you ever met that thinks they can go life without God? Listen, I can't wake up if I don't have God. Why? Because he's the one that gives me breath. I can't get up and get to work without God. Every morning, God, help me today protect my wife, protect my children, guide my words, guide my actions, guide my thoughts so that today is not a waste, so that today I can accomplish everything you want me to do. So the first thing I do every morning is I get my heart aligned with God because if it's not aligned with God, nothing else during that day is going to go the way God wants it to go. Why? Could he make us do it? Absolutely. But he's not going to push himself on you. He's given us choice. He's given us a choice to whether to go with him or to not go with him. That's why I choose, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The heart needs guarding. Proverbs chapter 28 says, Those who trust in themselves are what? Fools. Listen, that's not just made up. That's the Bible. But those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Here are seven reasons why the heart needs guarding. The heart needs guarding because we don't naturally think and look at life like God does. We are inherently ignorant of his mind and his ways. We desperately need the wisdom and direction of the Lord to know what it is he wants us to do. Proverbs 19 warns us that our wickedness subverts or perverts our way. The word pervert, the Hebrew word, simply means to twist or to overturn. The reason why the word of God has been twisted in every form or fashion is because the world is perverted. And I want to say that again because it's exactly what's wrong. And that's why you have so many different religions that believe so many different things because they have perverted the word of God. They've twisted it to fit their narrative. And it doesn't work that way. The heart needs guarding because like sheep, we're prone to wander from God in our hearts. We want to live independently to control and direct our own life. We want to be in charge of our own destiny. Oh yes, some of us want to trust God. And, and they want to trust God with getting us into heaven, but too often prefer to direct everything else by themselves. The heart needs guarding because the heart is not just deceitful. It's more deceitful than all 
everything else. We can't trust it because of its selfish nature. The heart needs guarding because the heart is desperately sick. The Bible says incurably wicked. Now what's that mean? You mean that, that I can't change my heart? No, you cannot change your heart. I want to repeat that. I want that to sink in. You by yourself cannot change your heart. Only God can. Only God can. The heart needs guarding, number five, because the heart cannot be understood by our own wisdom. Only God can reveal and lay bare our hearts to us. It is hard to know our own motives and reasons. We are naturally skilled at deceiving ourselves. The heart needs guarding because the heart is the wellspring of life. It is the attitudes, the values, the beliefs, the aspirations, the pursuits. Because of this, we must guard it because if God can give it, the world can take it away. So I have to guard it in such a way that I don't allow world and culture inside. But the only thing that comes out is that of God. The heart needs guarding, number Seven, because as a waterfall that flows into rivers and streams, the eyes, the mouth, the feet, the words, the actions all come and originate from your heart. Guard your heart. Can I say it again? Guard your heart. What's the heart need? The heart needs giving. Because giving means risk. It means having to walk in faith. Believing God's plans rather than your own. It means giving up something. It can even mean having your heart broken and wrung out like a towel. But it's in those moments where God seems to do his best work. When we're desperate. When we get to that place where we say, God, I can't literally do this anymore. I'm done. I've checked out. I can't take it. Life's too hard. That situation's too too much. I don't know what I'm doing. And that's what we say to ourselves. And let me tell you something. Just like I preached last week. If you're there, it's okay. Because I was there too. And in some instances, still there, right? But our heart needs guarding because our heart needs to be given to God. Giving the heart also means to be held accountable. To believe you can give your heart with accountability is believing you can raise your children without discipline. You have to have accountability. Giving the heart means involvement. Involvement with God. Involvement with home. Dads, don't be missing. Your children need you. Moms, don't go missing. Your children need you. Grandparents, don't go missing. Your grandchildren need you. We need each other. Giving your heart means involvement. The problem is, too many people don't want to give of their heart in relationships because we've let our guard down and been hurt. God help me today. I've come across many people that said, I don't need church. I don't need God. Well, why? Well, the church hurt me because they talked about me. 
because they didn't let me in because the way that I look, because the way that I dressed. It's a matter of the heart, church. Every person, red, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus loves, He loves, He loves. And if Christ has done it, we should as well. What else does the heart need? The heart needs preparing. Psalm 78 tells of a generation that didn't make it because they didn't prepare their heart. The word used in Psalm 78 in preparing the heart says that you are to be firm and purposed. Pinpoint laser intentionality to God. For His love, His goodness, His wisdom, His grace, His power. The point is we can only be that in our relationship with Christ if we have prepared our heart to be that way. Psalm chapter 108 talks about preparing our heart for worship. Because worship, what this band and praise team just did is an integral part of our walk with God. Why? Because it prepares our heart to receive His Word. Our heart needs preparing our heart needs to be purified. Um, Jeremiah 17, 9 again says, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? The heart is purified by being renewed. The mind needs renewing in its ideas, its values, its motives, its beliefs. The thoughts and intents of your heart must be changed through meditating on His Word. The heart is purified by being tested. One of the reasons for suffering and trials and the varied irritations that sometimes God seems to bring in our life is to test us. Is to test us. Why? Because to be prepared means I've been tested and I've passed the test. When I go into school and I don't prepare for a test, I fail. That's why I have to know His Word. I have to bathe myself in prayer. My heart has to be right so that when my test comes, I can pass it. The heart needs to be prostrated. Over and over again, we're told in Scripture to worship God with all our heart. This stresses the need of total involvement with God. An involvement that includes your mind, emotions, and the will of Him. To love God, to search for God, return to God, rejoice in God, give thanks to God. All these things are avenues in which we prostrate our heart in worship. When I'm down on my knees and I'm saying, God, help me, I'm prostrating my heart to align my heart with His. Our heart needs that. Our heart needs pouring. Psalm chapter 62 says, trust in Him at all times. You people, pour out your hearts to Him. For God is our refuge. We need to go to the Lord in prayer so He can pour out our hearts. And so what burdens Him can burden us. And then we can expand the kingdom of God. The heart needs to be aligned. Proverbs chapter 4. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. Align your motives. Align your will. Align your desires with that of God. The heart needs to be exposed. That's a tough one for us. Because we don't like dirty laundry being aired out for everybody to see. We shut down 
when people find out that maybe there's things in there that shouldn't be there. But let me tell you something. A healthy heart needs exposing. Proverbs 28, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Have, the, the, the word says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather what? Expose them. Jeremiah, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their contact, according to what their deeds deserve. Psalm, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Meaning this, I need my heart exposed. The heart needs cheering. It needs encouraging. It needs comforting. Proverbs says, a happy heart makes the face cheerful. But heartache crushes the spirit. If our heart is to operate the way that it needs to, church, with joy and with happiness, then our heart needs encouragement. Guess what? That's where the body of Christ comes in. That's where your friends and your relatives come in. Guess what? When the Lord puts somebody on your heart, what's he, what, 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 what do you think he wants you to do with it? He wants you to contact them. He wants you to call them. He wants you to text them. Why? So you can encourage them because you don't know what they're going through. But God knows what they're going through. And he put them on your heart because he's placed you in his will to encourage them. Number 10, what else does the heart need? The heart needs strength. Strength of heart comes through humility. A humble person is one who walks in dependence on the Lord rather than in proud self-trust. Strength of heart comes through waiting on the Lord and trusting God for needs. What exactly does the Bible mean when it calls us to wait on the Lord? Does it mean to just not do anything? No. Here's what it means. On one hand, it calls us to have childlike trust. On the other hand, it calls us to turn away from independent living. And literally what the Bible means, it's translated as trust me. Wait upon the Lord. He's saying stop doing it your own way. Wait on me to do it. Trust me to do it. Strength of heart comes through making God number one. Strength of God comes from making Him our portion. You know that word? That scripture says that He's our portion. What does portion mean? I love food, so I think portion is a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of this. That's portion. I like big portions. Amen. Here's what portion means. The Hebrew word for portion literally means reward or profit. So in a sense of money, when I make a profit, that means I make more than what I thought or more than what I need. So when the Bible says that he is our portion, it literally translates to saying he is more than I need. He is everything I've ever wanted. When I say he's my portion, that's, that should make my soul strong. It should make my heart strong because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's nothing that I'll ever go through where I'm not going to come out on top. Because he's my portion. He's my prophet. He's my reward. He's my strength. Come on, somebody. Amen. Do you believe that today? Watch this. And I'm about to close. Psalm says, take delight in the Lord. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. 
What's that mean? That he'll give me anything I want as long as I delight in him. No. It's not what it means. To take delight in him is literally aligning your heart with his heart. His desires become your desires. And when he gives you the desires of your heart, it's literally giving you the desires of his heart. We misinterpret that scripture and say, well, hey, as long as I praise God, I can get me a brand new car. I can be a millionaire, right? No. He's saying, align your heart with me. Take delight in me. Because when you take delight in the Lord, everything I want for you becomes what you want for you. So then I can give you the desires of your heart because it's really my heart. Take delight in the Lord. What's the passage telling us? It's saying look up. Get your eyes off people. Get your eyes off circumstances. Get your eyes off situations and trust Him. Don't be scared. Don't fret. Don't be envious. Don't, don't be anxious. But trust and delight and commit yourself to Him. It also says to look ahead because we can rest and wait and know that what He's doing is for my good. But that only comes when we do what? When we guard the heart and align it to what he wants us to do. This is what the condition of the heart should look like. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you, O oh God. That should be the desire of your heart. Listen, I, there's even a song, there's an old song, I love that song. We used to sing that years and years ago. As the deer panteth for, you guys remember? The water so my soul longeth after thee. Oh, goodness, because I've been out in the woods, I've been hunting, I've seen deer go for, for water, I've seen them run and sprint because it's what they need, it's what they want. And as the deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you. Matthew 6, for where your treasure is, there your heart be also. You guys understand this today? Guard your heart. Sin comes because we don't guard the heart. It'll come. What are problems that can come if we don't? We don't believe. Anxiety, fear, anxiousness, agitation, um, a depression, losing heart, turning away from God, turning into sin, trusting in the wrong sources of hope, loneliness, brokenness, bitterness, divided, arrogance, pride, hardness of heart. Those are all different examples that the Bible uses that will happen if we don't guard our heart. No wonder the Bible says above all else, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. The heart is where character is formed. The heart is where it's maintained. The heart is the place that determines who we are and what we do. It alone holds the secrets of true success or meaning in life. If our heart is filled with what is good, our actions and words will go with it. If our heart is filled with what is good, then, then what we ponder on and what we spend our money on 
will be good. This world needs just a little bit more guarding of our heart. Too much hatred. I don't care what side of the coin you're on. You can be Republican, Democrat, red, blue, elephant, donkey. I don't care. We need to love each other. Stop hating. I wish they'd give me a platform next to the White House and let me scream that from the top of my lungs because I'm sick and tired of it. If you're watching online today, let me do it. Because we need to love. We need to love. We need to guard our heart. So my prayer for you today and for this nation, let's get our heart right with God.